My name is Anthony Capazzoli, and this is the Dismantled Life Podcast, where we share stories of hope, love, and strength from the darkness of addiction into the sunlight of sobriety. These are stories from people just like us who have lived through the pain and made it. No matter how bad it gets, just know that you can and will recover. It takes work. It takes hard work. Each week, we talk in detail about what it takes to make it, what it takes to beat your addictions. I am a recovering addict from alcohol, cocaine, and nicotine. My addiction started in eighth grade. I am now 50. I had over 40 years of very bad habits to break. I hit rock bottom hard. More than once, I nearly died. I would have left my wife and two young children behind. I've been clean and sober for nearly three years. I completely dismantled my entire life and rebuilt it from the ground up. I believe to make it in recovery, it takes a physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual approach. It takes a positive mindset. It takes hard work. It takes a village. Join me weekly to learn from my sober superhero guests on the Dismantle Life podcast. Subscribe and follow on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you listen to your podcasts. Check me out at dismantle.life. Email me at anthony at dismantle.life anytime. Please be sure to leave a rating and review anywhere you listen to your podcasts. And let me know if you want to be on the show. Happy recovery. How, how long have you been sober? Three, uh, almost three years. Fantastic, man. That is that is a great, great success story. I just love it. I just love it. Uh, I appreciate it. Yeah, it's awesome. I, my episode is episode one in the Dismantled Life podcast. So you can, if you haven't listened, you can hear my story there. But I was uh, a cocaine, alcohol, and nicotine. Um, is cocaine and, and unfortunately alcohol go hand in hand for many, many, many people. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I was one of those guys and I rode that wave damn near to my death, man. I mean, I pushed it as far as you can go. Like the doctors are like, you've got about three days to live. Damn. And, uh, yeah. And I, I made it, I made it out. Thank God. Um, and I survived. And, um, after 11 hard days in the hospital, and the point is, and when I was in there and coming out, I committed myself. I said, I'm never doing this to myself again, and I'm going to live a better life. And I, I haven't touched. So I was in the hospital. That was the third day when I got that news. I hadn't touched anything on the way to the hospital, which is three days prior. So that was my, when my real sober date started. Mm-hmm. And it's awesome because I've thankfully been blessed and put in the work and uh, had the support that I needed from my from my wife and kids and, and my family and friends to, to, to stay sober. Because it's definitely a – it takes a village for sure. I mean, and that's <laughs> yeah. where I think that uh, sponsors are are superheroes because they, they can come in and give the support that the person in recovery needs if they can't get it elsewhere. Um, and they're good for lots of other things too. I love sponsors. They're heroes, mm-hmm. of course. But what I love about them is – they can stand in to be Superman or Superwoman when they need to be for the person in recovery. And, and, the, and they're, it's a wonderful thing. But I, I was lucky to – I'm sober still, and I, I use the podcast in a very positive way. And I started out doing the podcast to give back because I – by getting sober and getting clean and getting it, good physical help, health – I was able to turn everything around in a wonderful way, and I'm living my best life. I'm in the best shape I've ever been in my whole life. My marriage, my relationship with my children, my relationship with myself, all that stuff is just amazing. Like so amazing that I pinch myself sometimes going, 
when's the fucking shoe going to drop? But it's not because I'm putting the time in and I started the podcast to give back and selfishly and sadly, I have to say, I feel like I get more out of the podcast than my listeners sometimes, but that's okay because my intention and my purpose is to help people find, stay on, or get back on the path to sobriety, whatever that means to them. And I get a lot of wonderful feedback from people with saying just those things, which gives makes me feel so good. And I love it because of that. But I have to say, I feel bad sometimes that I think I get more out of the podcast than my listeners or my guests do sometimes. I'm, and I feel bad about that. Well, no, you shouldn't because, I mean, it's whatever works, man. You know what I'm saying? And, yeah. and, and when you're carrying the message and, and you're, you're putting things out there uh, to help, if that helps you, then there's, there's absolutely zero wrong with that. You know what yeah. I mean? It's, I, 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 hold, I hold on to my sobriety like it's, uh, you know, like I'm holding my dick, man. You know what I'm saying? It's like, <laughs> it, it, it's like it means everything to me, you know? I do. I do. I haven't had it. That's fucking great, man. That's definitely making the cut for the for the, for the the episode. And I, I love that. Um, and that's the thing. And what I love is the switch when, when people decide to get sober, even if they falter or struggle or have bad days or even have a, a bit of a relapse. I, what I love about people in recovery is I do think that they're, we're all superheroes because of what we have accomplished and are accomplishing. But what's amazing is you turn the struggle in and on itself where the struggle becomes, I'm not going to say fun because this isn't a bullshit podcast, but what I'm saying is you, you learn to enjoy the struggle because through the struggle, from the struggle, is the purity in it. And I, and I love that. And and I've, listen, I've got white knuckle days like everybody and it sucks sometimes. And I would like nothing more than to fucking slip up and go buy a bag and all that shit. But I don't because mm-hmm. I know what that'll cost me. It'll cost me fucking everything. See, and, and yeah, that's, that's, that's the point when you know that you are actually in sobriety is when, when you're able to think it through, you know, yeah. cause yeah, there are days that I'm, I am like so stressed um, I, I would love to just head down to the bar, get a yeah. double Jim Beam and ginger ale and just <laughs> relax, man, you know, and just yeah, sit back dude. and relax. But, you know, my mind doesn't lie to me like it used to, you know, because well, my mind I, used to tell me, hey, you can handle just one or two. Oh, you can just go down there, have a few drinks. You might be a little hungover in the morning, but uh, yeah, you'll be fine. Yeah. Nowadays, I'm like, are you nuts, man? You are insane. You know you can't stop. You have one. You might you might as well just go divorce your wife now, quit your job, and then go to the bar. You know, because <laughs> yeah, dude, it, for real, it's you know, true. It, and I I've said before, like that, the addiction knows you better than you know yourself. So it mm-hmm. it finds the cracks or the fissures in the foundation, and it seeps in. And if you're not aware and and f- like you just described, where you consciously can fight that fight, or even unconsciously, um, it, it it tries to prey on the weaknesses. It knows you so well, and it gets in there. And you—that's the daily commitment to the sobriety. I think that that I that you said so well. Like it, you 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 have to fight the goddamn fight. And yes, uh, that pull back into who we were sometimes is strong enough where you consider it, but you say, fuck that. I'm not going back. I, I love me now. And I, I'm at peace at, I'm at peace being at peace or the way I like to say it. Like I was, God, I was, I was rampaging since about eighth grade. I'm going to be 50 in December. And I've been three years sober and clean and cigarette or smoke free, which is wonderful. But what's cool is 
I love being quiet now. I love the, the tranquility of my life now. I, I'm, I'm comfortable sitting quietly with myself, by myself. Like that's what people listening, if they're not in recovery, they, they might struggle with that idea. But all of us who are in recovery know one of the scariest things in the world is sitting with ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, we, before you got sober, because that that sucked, right? That was when the demons came out. Well, that's when you also have to face the, you know, yeah, who 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 am I? Right. You know, but, you know exactly. It's like if, if somebody else doesn't want to hang out with me, why do I want to hang out with me? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it, it's it's really funny because there's a lot of stories in the in the big book that uh, you know bits and pieces resonate with me, but there's there's one story in the big book that. Uh, it's okay. I mentioned the big book, right? I don't know. Of course. Yeah. yeah by okay. I, I don't so, You know, I've, I've talked to some people that are like strictly hazeled in and I'm just like, okay, whatever. No, no, uh, no, 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 no. Like, I mean, I'm like, not, I'm not a huge AA guy where I live. There's not a lot of AA. Um, but anyway, so there's one story in, in the, in the, in the big book and it's actually a, a woman and she's talking about how she's in a bar thinking she's so sexy with the, you know, been wearing the same shirt for three, four days and, you know, lines <laughs> yeah. and, and and that's really it's funny how I I, I would see myself like it's like I know I haven't had a shower in a week I've been on a month long yeah. bender, but but damn I'm sexy I'm looking yeah. good I'm buff you know yeah because I haven't eaten in six days you know yeah. um, <laughs> you know yeah man so uh I you know I like I like what you said about you know getting healthy I remember early in my sobriety, um I'd have to say those first two years were a little rough for me um yeah. Uh, I, I didn't have cravings so much for alcohol. I just had cravings for everything that went around. Being able to escape and use that excuse, I think, was yeah. was mm-hmm. the main thing. Um, but I I used to go to the gym. You know, when I was early in my sobriety, I was like, just like you, yeah, I was in the best shape of my I have since let myself go, um, especially working the job that I'm in, that I spend a lot of time in front of the computer. Um, you know, I've got I got nine years in. and It's uh, great. Yeah. I didn't think I'd ever make it that far, but, uh, so, you know, I'm getting back into shape with a buddy of mine. Um, in fact, the, the link for this is going to be shared on our Instagram for the dad bod diaries is what it's called. I'm going to plug. I that. love that dude. That's yeah. fucking great. What a good <laughs> thing. <laughs> you know, we, uh, super good. It, you know, me and my buddy were sitting around and, you know, just feeling like shit about ourselves because we've let yeah. ourselves go. And, you know, I'm, I'm also, I'm going to be 50 in a year. I'm, I'm 48 now. Yeah. Uh, be 49 in April. And, uh, you know, I got two young children. I started late. Um, you know, my, my son is nine and my daughter's five. Oh my and God. I, we are literally parallel lives here. No joke. My, uh, my two boys are eight in five. Oh yeah. Wow. That's, that's awesome. And I'm going to be 50 in about a, in December. So we are running in the same race here for sure. It's crazy. It, it definitely tests your, your patience, huh? Later in it life. does, and I love them to pieces. But some days, uh, I wish that you know it makes you wish that you've done it. I did, I've done it sooner, being a father. <laughs> but you know, as all great people would say, you're where you need to be when you need to be there, and and I love it. And it's it's been a magical experience. But yes, some days it is damn hard. Um, damn, <laughs> you know, hard. I, I got I got friends from from grade school and high school that you know are. Our grandparents now, same yeah. age, you know, their 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 children are graduating college, and they're they're putting their pictures on on Facebook, and 
you know, and I congratulate yeah. them. And I was like, you know, well, my, my, my daughter's five, you know, so <laughs> your, your daughter's different problem sets, all yeah. the, uh, all the yeah. other, it's completely different. You know, so it's I awesome, get, dude. I get to tease them, you know, and say, okay, grandpa, you know, <laughs> uh, yeah. I'll be there in about 20 years. But Exactly, uh, dude. Absolutely. And I, I love it because I get to do all of the fun, geeky things that I love to do. My kids, we play like magic cards and uh, a version of simplified Dungeons and Dragons with them. And 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 I get to, I don't play the video games because I suck at it so bad, but I get to watch <laughs> them play or we watch YouTube videos of people playing video games, which I still struggle with, but I do it because they <laughs> love it. And I it's that I it's cannot great. I cannot wrap my head around that. I know? can't either, man. But my kids love it so much. So I watch these people play video games making god awful amounts of money and good for them. And what I think is so my kids watch and what they're learning are the strategies and the chatter and the patter that goes along with the game. So they'll incorporate a lot of that stuff in the day-to-day lives. It's pretty funny, actually. And some of them we won't let them watch because it's a little blue you will but a lot of them that they do watch are just a bunch of dudes who like to play video games and they just hang out man all fucking day i mean it's great I, i'm yeah, not entirely unless, convinced that they're sober the whole time but they seem to be doing great <laughs> yeah it's 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 you know i um I, I i do believe though that older parents uh you know guys like in our in our um in our situation that that started later are a little more patient, I think, yeah. and a little more generous with their kids than younger parents. Um, and, I, and I'm not, ta- I'm not taking away. I'm, I, I know there's no, a, a, a bunch, a bunch of amazing, uh, many amazing, wonderful uh, younger parents. I, I'm just saying that overall, in my experience, what I've, what I've seen is, uh, you know, guys like you and me that have been through hell, you know, have been to hell and back, yeah. um, and are older, just you know. I, I find myself just a li- being a little more patient than I know I would have been 10, 15 years ago. Yeah, um, and on the back end of sobriety, too, I have to say it's added layers of patience and understanding and appreciation that I would never have had. Uh, well, not just because I was a coked up alcoholic, but I just my personality was different than it was, and I was so incredibly selfish. <clears throat> and I think there's parts of me that still are, but I work very hard to push through that. And, mm-hmm. and always ask myself, you know, why not? Why not get up and do that? Why not? And, and I'm not perfect, man. I have bad days and days I don't want to do shit because I'm tired or I want to read my book or self spend a little me time, if you will. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I took this. I try to take the why not approach. Like, why not do it? Like, what's stopping me from doing it, really? Is it just me being a pain in the ass? Probably. So I try to get up and do it or incorporate, like, active things with them. And then, but I always do ask myself, you know, Tony Robbins, he, he probably didn't make up this quote, but I hear it often from from the, from the great Tony Robbins. If you've listened to the show, you know that I quote him often. But, you know, I try to look at life as not happening to me, but happening for me. So those I try to embrace them as opportunities to enjoy the day with the kids and do something that they want to do or ask them to do something that I'm doing. And and it makes a big difference. You know, even if you – they'll tolerate my bullshit you know, and play Dungeons and Dragons with me or something when they don't really want to, because, you know, it's, they, they do what you do and it's kind of fun, man. So, um, well, congratulations, dude. Nine years sober. You sounded Nine like years. you're a, a double, uh, a double beam in Canadian. No, the double beam in ginger ale, right? Oh, so yeah, double, d- double beam and in, in ginger ale. Um, it, it was pretty much anything, uh, I, yeah. I could get my hands on, you know, when I was in the U S um, it was, you know, Jim Beam, uh, 
Kentucky Tavern if I was low on cash or, you know. <laughs> you know is that like Old Crow or something? Is that, I don't, is that I don't know. If, if it was bourbon, I, I would buy it, you know. Yeah. Um, and uh, later on, then it became the vodka because yeah. I, I discovered that I could go down to the gas station and we had like this cheap rot gut, 99% buy volume vodka, you know, that was just... I mean, it was like a buck, <laughs> you know, like a dollar fifty for a gallon of it or something like that. I mean, it's yeah. tough, you know, I mean, it, 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 like, yeah, it doubles as lighter fluid, you know. <laughs> for sure, and, uh, <laughs> But you know, I, I discovered that you know that I, I could get drunk that way, but then also I could stay drunk that way by taking a Gatorade bottle, yeah. leaving you know, dumping most of it out, the the wonderful, delicious, good for you stuff down the sink, except for a little bit, pouring yep. the vodka in there. For the color yeah um and then and then hopping in the car or you know going to work actually yeah. um you know i was uh for most of the my my active alcoholic life i was a functioning alcoholic and i did have the unique ability to be able to stand there in front of you and carry on a conversation um and you'd never know i was drunk i didn't slur my words i didn't sway around but i was plastered and unless you smelled alcohol on me You'd never know. And I yeah. functioned that way for for years. I mean, just years. And and uh, it just got to the point where I couldn't do it anymore. Um, you know, I I it I'm not saying mentally or physically. I'm just saying I I, I couldn't hide it anymore. I was, yeah. you know, then I started getting the slurring words and mm -hmm. um, uh, of course, the tolerance raised. So it was like drinking more and more and more and more and more. Um, in fact, my, my last DUI, uh, I blew uh, 0 0.304, 0.304. The, the judge, judge was like, "How how were you walking around?" Yeah, you yeah, know, I, I was fucking driving. I was fine. <laughs> yeah, you know, okay. um, and yeah, I it, it was like I I, I remember. It, I mean, I've I've had blackouts, um, but with like that that DUI I was 0.304. And I remember every second of the, how is that even possible? But, you know, everybody's, everybody's uh, body is wired differently. You know, Definitely. when it comes to alcohol, um, I do run into people still that, that, that don't see, especially here in the Philippines, it's still not fully accepted by people that alcohol, alcoholism is a disease um, mm. that it's not about willpower, you know, because they say to me, I'll just have a little bit. And, the, the closest I come to explaining it is, you know, look, my wife is allergic to chicken. If she eats a chicken or an egg, she breaks out in hives. Right. Okay. So you're not going to say to her, hey, just have a little piece of chicken because it doesn't matter. You know, right. uh, she's going to break out in hives. And that's, that's, yeah. I'm like, that's how I am with alcohol. But they still, they still just don't get it. I, you know, it's the manifestation of an allergy um, yeah. that uh, you know, our, our bodies are just wired differently. You know, and I tell them, like, like you, you can have a few drinks and then say, whoa, that's, that's enough. I'm feeling it. I'm, I'm going to go to bed. For, for me, that's, that's, that's just a teaser. Yeah, I'm just yeah. getting started, man, you People know. People don't realize, like, that's the thing. I, I saw this really cool thing on Instagram. And by cool, I mean I appreciated the point it was making. But it was uh, Robert Downey Jr. And, and in the meme, it was a picture of him. And the quote really just simply read, uh, Sometimes I think about having a drink, but then I remember I've got plans for Christmas. And, and, <laughs> yeah. you, you know, like, how fucking great is that? 
Because it's and, perfectly and, stated. I mean, honestly, I, I that's what people don't understand is my off switch is nowhere near their off switch. Like I'll start drinking on if I if I ever relapse and start drinking on a Friday, I'd be fucking wasted until Thursday the next week, coked up out of my mind. I'd smoke two packs, three packs of cigarettes a day because my first my first domino to fall is always a drink, one fucking drink, and then I'm mm-hmm. fucked. And yeah. and I know that, and and because I know that that is my Achilles heel, I stay the fuck away from it. I don't even, in fact, Jeff, I've even curbed like my coffee intake. I used to drink a shit ton of espressos, and I realized I was just replacing an addiction with yep. you know over drinking the coffee. So I've curbed that down to one uh, double cappuccino a day, which is just in the morning. I have two espressos in my cappuccino. And, and I have one in the morning and then I have a tea in the afternoon and then that's it. And I drink generally water I, I, I'm with the kids. I might have pop with a little pizza or a taco or something, but, and I do that because I know that I have to, I'm aware of triggers or triggers hidden in other things. And mm-hmm. I, I find that those are, again, like we talked about earlier, my addiction, trying to find cracks in the foundation to seep in and they hide and it masks itself in the want for eight espressos or a little extra sugar or candy or something. And maybe people are, they're like, Jesus, you're crazy. I'm like, and maybe I am, but I'm crazy because I, 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 this is so important to me. And like you said, I protect my sobriety and how far I've come that I, I have to be very careful to make sure that I stay as committed today as I was on, you know, day 14 and people, you know, that's where like, I'm always impressed with the guys like you, nine, 10, 15, 25 years in, the amount of effort, dedication, and focus it takes to do that is amazing. And the fact that guys like you come in, and I'm going to say old timer because I just like to frame it that way, where you help the the new the newbies that are maybe a day or two in or a year or two in know that you you can do 25 years, even if you are rampaging drinking, whatever that means. And this isn't a gladiator school podcast about how much did you drink back in the day kind of bullshit. But what I'm saying is. The, the guys that have nine plus years in are a beacon of hope at levels that people don't truly understand. If you're a day one, you know, you look at that yeah. and go, fuck, I, I was so bad, but you got nine years. I could, maybe I could fucking do this. And like, that's the fucking magic, man. I love yeah, that. I, I, I never thought, you know, back in the day that I'd ever reach 90. I remember one of my first sponsors, um, uh, back in, and this is an Akron, Ohio. I'm actually from Akron, Ohio. Hmm. Uh, you nice know, time. The, yeah, it is the you know where uh, where AA was Clinger. founded. It wasn't it wasn't Clinger from Akron, Ohio. Toledo, from Toledo. Toledo. Yeah, right. I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> but you know AA was started. Um, you know, Doctor Bob is from Akron, Ohio. Been to his house. Uh, it's like a museum. Oh, shit. Now. I didn't know that. Yeah, um, I got I got pictures on my Facebook of all that. In fact, you know the Mayflower and the first yeah. phone call, all of that stuff is right there in Akron, Ohio. Wow. But, uh, I remember one of my my very very first sponsors. He's he was actually a city councilman for the city of Akron. Uh, I'm not going to say his name, but no, no, uh, he's no, no, great. No. He's a great guy, and I knew him. Um, I went to school with his son, so I, I had known him since I was like eight years old. But uh, we were sitting there one day, and he's like, he was 25 years sober, and he's like, yeah, that's a long time wow. between drinks, isn't it? And I said, man, 25 years, I'll never make it there, and I thought. Even now, I sit here and I think nine years sober, and and maybe some newbies out there or some people early in their in their journey in sobriety are, would think, "Wow, nine years." That's honestly, you know, after year four or five, you you quit taking track so much. Yeah. Um, 
and it's like when my sobriety date's rolling around that that's when it's like i start counting the days like when i get down to the last three weeks you know yeah i'm yeah. like man i'm three weeks away from that nine years or whatever <laughs> but you know the the rest of the time you, you live your life you just do your thing man. And alcohol it, it, is just not a part of my life at yeah. all anymore um and, and that, that's really the easiest way that i can explain it as yeah I, I don't have those obsessive thoughts about where I can get a drink, how I can get a drink, how I can hide my drink. What do I, can I do? Can I hide my breath? I don't have to carry fucking breath mints anymore. I don't have the social distance. I was social distancing nine years ago before the pandemic, you know, <laughs> because I was always so afraid somebody would smell yeah. my breath, you know? Totally, dude. Um, yeah. And and that's hell. I mean, that that there's the nightmare is... It's it's not always so much be the being drunk because the being drunk part is, is somewhat enjoyable. I ain't gonna lie. Yeah, on day I mean, we one we didn't get into this because it sucked, you know. I yeah, mean, there, there's there's you some know, real parts to that. Uh, you know, my, the the way my cycles would go is I, I would I would go on a bender for about two months, lose my job, lose whatever relationship, get in a financial mess, and then end up in detox, come out of detox after three, four days, you know, with a bunch of phone numbers and promises mm. that I'm going to go to meetings three times a day, yada, 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 come yeah. out, get another job, start to build myself up, stay, stay so, you know, stay dry for about six weeks. And then that, you know, the mind starts lying to you and everything else. So I grab a 12 pack and that first night of a bender is, is great. I won't lie. I mean, you're, you're feeling yeah. good, you know, you're enjoying it, enjoying the alcohol, you're enjoying what alcohol is supposed to do. And that yep. is give you a little bit of buzz, you know, for your normal people, um, if you're going to be responsible about it. Now, I have yep. no discipline, I can't be responsible. So then fast forward to day 20, right? you know, of the, <laughs> yeah. of the bender, it's just pure misery. Yeah, but dude, people don't realize the hell that we would be in on day 20. You know, everybody, they, if everybody, you, yeah. Everybody thinks I'm having a good time when I'm like just trying to get straight. I'm just trying to get normal. I'm just trying to stop the shakes and the stomach yeah. aches and the headaches and and, and vomiting and everything, fucking... you know. And it's like I used to. Um, oh boy, I, if, if I were going to the store to get my alcohol for for just the day, I would get a, a twelve pack of Milwaukee's Best Ice because it was the cheap. I'm I'm very very cheap. Um, <laughs> I would get two tall boys and then maybe a, a thing of vodka. Now the vodka would go down first, and then sure. I would I would I would work my way through the evening with uh, the twelve pack. Mm -hmm. The two tall boys went in the fridge. That was for the morning. Yeah, uh, that was just that. I I would I plan ahead. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I did the same thing with cocaine. I, I would literally uh, carve out a little extra and put it somewhere else. So when I managed to either come awake from like an, a, a literally a fucking disco nap, like of an hour, hour and a half, two hours, mm -hmm. whatever, just enough time to shake off. You know, I didn't really, but sleep off the drunk, um, which is bullshit, right? You can't do that. You, you literally cannot metabolize it in less in like two uh -huh. hours, as much as I was consuming. And I would, I would, first thing I would do is hit a couple of key bumps of blow to kind of kick my day off, which, uh, you know, again, on the day 20 thing, people don't realize the fucking amount of agonizing effort and pain it is to go through that shit, man. Uh, you know, I, yeah, it's like, and I would still work. I would, I, I would do my best, you know, yeah. to, still, to still try to go to work. So that there's a whole lot of forethought there uh, to make sure that you're up 
and plenty of time to get your buzz on and to, you know, figure out how to maintain that. Yep. You know, throughout throughout the whole day for those for those that are are functioning alcoholics that can still go to work. And it really it that's that's the misery, man. That's that's the hell. Um that uh that I personally went through. Um and I do remember on uh, you know I I bounced in and out of of uh detox early early on um especially after my first DUI I've had 3 and after my first DUI and and I began to use I began to use detox as a place to hide and a, yeah. and, a, and and as a place to excuse and you know I I'd still go on my benders and I'd still drink and I would use that I'm an alcoholic not as something to help me but as my excuse yeah um, pivot yeah, so it's like, oh, you you know, like to my girlfriend and to my family, uh, to the cops, hey, guys, come on, I'm an alcoholic, give me a break. Yeah. You know? But when I'm thinking in my mind, hey, I'm an alcoholic and I have no uh, intention of ever stopping. Yeah, it's just it's hard when, to play. When things got too bad, I would go hide and detox. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I they get out of detox and head straight back out in a couple of days um, and do that whole cycle over again. And then. I did that for years, but the day that I decided that it was, it was really time, hmm. um, <clears throat> excuse me, that it was really time to do something about it. I was, I was in my apartment and this was before I came to the Philippines. So this would have been like 2007 or 2008. Um, and I, I had gotten up in the morning. Uh, you can't buy alcohol in Ohio until 6 a.m. Um, I don't know how it is for all states, but in, in the state of Ohio, you cannot buy alcohol between 1, 1 a.m. and 6 a.m. So hmm. I, I had gotten up that morning about 5.15. I woke up and, and I didn't have my two tall boys. So I was I was pacing the floor for 45 minutes. I mean, and that's a long 45 minutes waiting yeah. for the gas station to open. Um, and it was uh, winter. I didn't have a car because it was taken away from me by... Uh, the great state of Ohio um, before, yeah. <laughs> after my third DUI. And, um, you know, finally I timed it out. To, okay. If I leave now, I'll hit the store just about six o'clock. And of course I um, just, just to add into it, that, you know, anybody who, any non-alcoholics listening to, to understand though, you know, you're walking to the store and you're starting to think up of excuses because you're in that mindset that everybody's watching you. You're in the mindset that every, it's all about you and that, yeah everybody's watching you and they're going to, you know, make their opinions about you. But then you realize later in life, they really just don't give a fuck. Nobody cares what you're doing. Nobody you know, is watching right. you, you know, <laughs> right. but so I'm, I'm formulating excuses on what I'm going to tell the people or the clerk when I get to the gas station at 6 a.m. Why am I buying alcohol at 6 a.m.? So I, I, I would go in and say, yeah, I work night shift. Just got off, mm -hmm. a, you know, just got off a long shift. I'm ready to go home. And he's looking at me like, you know, dude, just buy you alcohol and get the hell out yeah, of here. I, I don't care. care. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and by the way, the way you smell and the way you look, you ain't fooling nobody. Right. Uh, you know? Yeah. But so I, I bought that 90 proof alcohol, that, the, that bottle, and, and I took it home and uh, I couldn't even make it home. I, I had to go to the McDonald's, go into the bathroom, pop that cap and, and take a couple slugs just just to you know get my nerves straight yeah and and to get that 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 i, I use in my mind i call it flipping so i you know i, I don't know if that makes any sense to anybody no it makes total sense you, you, know, know, I, you, you gotta dive in i i completely get it so i i would take that until i would flip and then i would 
continue my walk home joyously. Um, by by eleven a.m., that bottle was was completely gone. That's a, that's a whole bottle of ninety proof, um, and I and I couldn't even light a buzz. I felt I, I felt normal, but I knew I knew I wanted more. So yeah. I went back and got another bottle. And um, I didn't have a job at the time. So I'm like, I'm like counting nickels, man. And uh, by 3 p.m., that bottle was gone. So I called up to the store, the other store that I knew. And I asked the guy if I could, I could run a tab. And he was always cool. And he's like, yeah, sure, come on in. So I started walking to the store. And I'm like, I just drank two bottles of 90 proof vodka. And I'm going back for it. And, and there was a bus stop there. And I sat down on the bench and I'm like, this is insane. Uh, that that's when the, that's the first time it's not when I stopped. Um, that that's not my sobriety day, but that's really the, the, the first day that I started getting serious. Um, as I was just like, this is, when's it going to stop? I first of all, I don't have enough money. So, you know, to keep this up. Yeah. And, and secondly, this is two bottles of 90 proof alcohol would put an elephant under for two days. I, you know, and you know, I, I think that was my first moment of real surrender because I was able to get up off that bench and walk back to my apartment and call Bruce over at AA and get to a meeting that night. Um, and you know, I, I was no, I was no, um, I was no stranger to home detox and what I was going to go through the shakes and, and the sweats and the, and the, the nightmares and, and, you know, everything, the agonizing week that, that goes with it. Um, but yeah, that, that was, that was the first time. And, and there were several other times after that. I, I really don't, you know, a lot of people in AA, um, well, they'll, they'll tell you, you know, it's like, you know what, if you have a drink, then you, you've ruined all of your sobriety and everything. Well, you might need a new date, but I, I don't, I don't really subscribe to that because you, I mean, you've learned a lot. So you made a mistake, you know, I mean, yeah. if, you know, if, if, if a doctor goes out and he makes a mistake and gets sued for malpractice, he's still a doctor. He still has all that knowledge. Um, he has just had to start rebuilding his reputation or, or do whatever. Um, you know, I so think I, I would agree with you there. I, I think that people's path is their path and it's a hard fight and people, you know, I, I don't advocate, you know, relapse. And I think people have to work hard to not relapse, but people, People have, you know, people do relapse. And I, I don't think that you should use that as an excuse to quit. I think you should use that as an excuse to double down towards your sobriety. So yes, people have bad days and people do struggle and they and they and they they might fuck up and have a drink. You know, and I again I am not advocating that, but I don't think that that's the excuse to say, fuck it, I'm just gonna start drinking again. I think you have to use that just like you described as the level of experience that you've acquired, understand what got you there at that particular moment and try to convert that into a positive because that, that's the, that's the super, that's the superhero power of it all right there. It it really is. I mean, sometimes, and and I'm, I know I, I'm, I subscribe to your thought there. We don't advocate relapses, but if they do occur, um, it's not always a bad thing. It's not, it's it's certainly, it's certainly not something that you should, you shouldn't hang yourself out to dry because of it. And yeah, that's don't, not the don't right beat analogy. yourself up. Don't beat yeah, yourself up. That that's exactly right. And I think that yeah, seek help, call the sponsor, 
you know, reshuffle the deck in terms of getting refocused, double down on that and get back to work. Like, don't use that as an excuse to fucking quit being sober. Like, don't, don't, don't throw in the fucking towel. Keep going. Figure out what got you there. Repurpose yourself. Refocus. And, you know, I don't want to make it a lecture, but, but I agree with you. I think that you shouldn't, uh, you shouldn't label yourself of complete failure at that point. You have to just say, I failed in the moment. And I'm moving on, and I'm going to continue on my journey of of sobriety. Right, and that what what's amazing about that is once you harness that that mindset, you can apply that to every area, everything of your life. Of your life, um, like we were talking earlier about getting in shape. Now, I used to be in the gym every day, um, and and until it, it, and it's really really easy to go to the gym every day for three years. And then skip a couple of days and boom, <laughs> go straight back to the couch. Yes. Uh, it's, it, it's really that easy. You know, it, that, it really that, is. And and that's what happened to me. You know, I mean, I always, I always I always say to people, you're one snooze button away from gaining 10 pounds. Right. Well, I, you know, over, over this pandemic, well, actually, I mean, since I, I went, when I met my boss, my, my current CEO, when we were just talking about this in a meeting last week. Um, I weighed 208 pounds, but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm thick, I'm a thick guy. So it, I carried it well. And even though I thought I was still fat, then I could not break that last eight pounds, no matter how hard I tried. Right. Um, fast forward to a year, a year later, I, I weighed 285. Wow. Yeah. Um, I've always struggled with my weight up and down. You know, when I came to the Philippines, I was 310 um, I got, I worked really hard to get down to that 208, um, and just, just indulge me, bear with me, but yeah, yeah. So that I, you know, I bought, I, I got back up to the 285 and I saw, uh, the pictures from our Christmas party and I was like, holy shit. Oh my God. <laughs> Is that me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and, and that's cause we don't, we don't see ourselves sometimes from the outside yeah. like that. And you totally. look at it, I'm like, gee, many Christmas. What the hell happened? <laughs> you know? So I, I immediately carved off 40 pounds and that's where I've been sitting. Um, and we started the dad, uh, you know, it started off as a, uh, my, my buddies in the UK and, you know, we're both published authors and that's how we met because we had the same publishing company. And, uh, so we started what was called the transatlantic dad bod challenge because you know, <laughs> we, we both had children. So good. And, you know, it was like, we're trying to, you know, you know, have more energy for our children, lose weight. Totally. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, getting back to the, to the relapses, that's what, I mean, I started off strong. He started off strong and he's still going strong. He, he's like, he, he's like jogging every day. He looks great. Yeah. Um, me, I, I, you know, I just, I, I struggle with that discipline and I started, I started really strong and then I got sick. Um, I, I actually, uh, got COVID. Oh, jeez, so, I'm sorry. This, man. It sucks. was just, it was just a mild case. And I tell you though, if anybody doesn't think it's real, fuck you, it's real. Um, oh, for sure. Right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of people out there and I'm not going to get into that, but right. <laughs> uh, so I, you know, I had that for three, it was a mild case and it kicked my, I still worked cause I work from home. Um, mm-hmm. so I was still able to, to do some of my duties, but it kicked my ass. It was like, it, it, I, I, I say it's, it's a lot like mono cause I had mono, uh, back in my early twenties and, and that's, it, it's basically the same feeling mentally and physically. It's just drained um, and yeah. Oh, it's just, it's, yeah, it's just, um, but anyway, so after I, I came, I came out of that, uh, it just, 
I, I still haven't gotten back into it. And I pretty much gained back everything that I had, but that doesn't mean I still don't have the desire and the knowledge and everything else to lose weight. And that's the same way. That's the same way with drinking. When you relapse, don't, don't beat yourself up, you know, yeah. and, and if, get, if, get back in it. Yeah, if anybody wants to, you know, yap or say whatever they want to say, fuck them, man. Just let them say yeah. whatever they're gonna they say. They can fucking judge you. They can they can say whatever the fuck they want. It doesn't because, matter. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you, I'm I'm nine years sober, and there are still people in my life that uh, that relationship will never be re- repaired. And I and I just it's gotten to the point where I just don't care. That's on yeah. them now. Uh, yeah, yeah, dude, 100 percent agree with you there. Like there, there's you, you. Uh, I don't want to beat up the system here, but I think that when people start judging you and saying, if you didn't do this, then you're not sober. If you didn't do that, then you're not sober. If you do this, you listen, your path is your path. Your journey is your journey. If you're you, it, and you know, if you're committed to this or not, you, every individual knows, are you putting the time and the effort in? Are you making, are you making this a priority? Is, is sobriety a part of your life now or not? And if you're fucking around and I get people like uh, this, I saw this thing on Twitter and it just kind of annoyed the shit out of me. I have to be honest. And I don't uh, sober curious. Like what the fuck is that? Like, I, I find that to be a little bit insulting <laughs> and, and it, they were, you know, it was a thing. It was a hashtag for a while. And and listen, I love Twitter. I love my, my, my sober community on Twitter that I'm a part of. And I participate actively in supporting people on Facebook groups and sobriety groups, giving them some sunshine and likes and, and supporting comments uh, and things because I think it's really important to to give people a little bit of hope and sunshine every day. And when I started to see that sober curious hashtag, it just I don't know why it bugged me, but it really kind of pissed me off. And I would never say anything because I want sober is better than than drunk, right? In my opinion. And if yeah. you're sober, if if you're going to tow the water a little bit, fine. But I just don't think that it was the intention is not pure at that point. Sober curious, either you're going to fucking do it or you're not like, don't fuck around with it. Yeah. Well, that, that's what I'm saying is they're doing it for other people for show. Like, yeah. I, you know, that, that they can, they can go to their, their wife or husband or parents or teachers or whoever and say, yeah, I've, I'm looking into AA. Right. Uh, right. You know what I mean? Exactly. I, yeah. I, I've sought help, but then they can use it. Oh, I try, I read, I tried to help. But they couldn't help me. So it's like, you know, that's the blame shifting to not take a responsibility or accountability, that's right. uh, you know, which takes me back to the the whole thing when I was talking about, you know, like, like amends. Yeah. Amends, you know, when, when, when we go through that through step eight and make our amends, amends, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. that's not for other people. That's for us. Yeah. You know, uh, there, like I said, there are the relationships that I can never, ever repair. Um, and that's not on me. I've made my amends. I, I've reached out. I've said, hey, look, you know, I just want to, I apologize. I, I value our, our relationship. I value you as a person. What I did was shitty. Um, the way I treated you, whatever. Now that's up to them. The ball's in their court. If they, if they want to, you know, turn around and hold that grudge. Well, I always look at it like, a, you know, they, they, they're just doing what they know how to do at the time. Um, and I'm not going to fault them for it, you know? No. No, but, no, but I, I think the point, I agree with you. I, and, you but I think that be, you can't be well, upset if somebody doesn't just jump and start loving you back right away. You know, either give them time or just write them off. Yeah, uh, I, giving, them, giving them time and space to build a relationship back if you're committed to it and they're committed to it. Great stuff. But some people are better off not in your life. And if they're not willing to take a half a step towards you, as you take a half a step towards them, then maybe it's best to just walk right past them. And you don't have to be a dick about it. You just don't need to include them in your life. And and that's the part that people 
when you're seer, when you're not sober curious, when you're committed to sobriety, you realize that life is about choices and you have to choose who you want in your life. You have to say no. You you have to participate actively and you have to give. You have to give back. Everything, in my opinion, what makes my sobriety so wonderful to me is it gives me the opportunity to give back, not just with the show, but every day I try to live by example if I if I can. Um, and I don't always, I'm not always great at it. You know, some days are harder than others, like we talked about, but not everyone needs to be in our lives. And if some people aren't willing to participate for whatever reason, then fine. You don't have to be mad at them. Just move on politely and call it yeah. a day. Don't, and don't look back. Like, don't hang up. Don't be hung up on it. Don't think about what could I have done differently? What could I have said differently? If you put the time and the effort in and you truly apologize from your heart and they're not willing to concede and build back the relationship, then maybe it's best left in the past. Yeah, and, and don't be mad at them. Like I said, that's right. They're, they're just doing what they know how to do because they, they need to protect themselves. You 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 don't understand, you know. Uh, that's to well, what that's degree, did it. Yeah, to 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 perfect I mean, to uh, you you don't know to what degree you may have damaged that relationship or hurt them. Everybody has different. That's exactly uh, you right. know, and then it's like. It, then you come around, you know, three years later, four years later, and say, "I'm sorry," and that's what they're hearing, and that's what they're seeing. But uh, you know, because because yeah, there are, you know, I I've got some. Uh, I'll give you for instance, my mother. There was a time when I was not allowed at her house. Um, w- when I would call over there, I, I would hear the apprehension in her voice. Sure, and she was just itching and ready to hang up on me. There were times. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's that was how I lived my life. Now I can't get rid of her. I'm, I would never get rid of her. But, <laughs> you, know, that, you know, you know what I'm saying. Now we're like, I do you know what you're saying, friend, of course. Yeah, you know, um, and and she she constantly tells me, I am so glad you don't drink anymore. You know, isn't that great? Is there yeah. anything better than that? Is there anything better than that? Really, like, uh yeah. I don't. There's nothing to add there because it's it's a magic thing when people that you love, your mom, your dad, your family, your kids, your wife, your spouse, whatever just look at you and they just have, they're proud of you in that, that little connection that is so impossible to describe until you feel that coming into your soul. It's truly amazing. When I'm having rough days, I go hang out with my kids and, you know, I, I call it, put some love down and I give them hugs and, and, and I feel great, man, no matter what kind of fucking mood I'm in. And that moment is, is, is everything. And so I got a quick question for you, Jeff. So you're on the, you're on the bus stop. You didn't go bit, get that third bottle. You called and went to an AA meeting. So w- how long until you uh, began your nine-year journey here? Um, so was it soon after that moment where you, you, oh, you no. just went completely? No. No. No, no. Yeah, you're like, I, no. I played with my disease, man. You know, um, and I got to lie. You know, the lies still kept going on in my head. Yep. Um, I, you know. So that would have been, I, I think that was 2008 and I got sober 2011, uh, September 18th, 2011. My son was six months old. Um, that's another thing I'm proud of is my children have never seen me drunk. They've never that's seen That's amazing. Me. Yeah. Um, Very good, man. That's and, a huge deal. And no matter how much I don't drink, my son will always have six months more sobriety than me. <laughs> you know, I tell you, he, yeah, he's of legal age, he takes it for straight. You know, yeah. Then, then the clock starts ticking. I, right. And you know what, though, I think that like my kids have, have seen me, you know, drunk and, and drinking and stuff. And uh, 
But it's funny, like they, I think that um, I'm trying to show because my my father and, and I, lo- I loved him dearly. He's passed on, and and he was an alcoholic. And I'm I'm trying to break the pattern in a very positive way for for my kids to give them a chance to. They're going to make their own choices, but I'm trying to not present the same pattern. So it's easier to make the choice to not be an alcoholic, I guess is I'm going to, and that might piss a lot of people off about, you know, what that means or doesn't mean. But what I'm saying is by pattern and by, by example, I want to show them that they don't have to drink to have fun. They don't have to drink to do this or that. That's what I'm saying. Well, I already see in, in my son, um, a pattern of addictive behavior, I should say. Yeah. Um, I recognize that in him. Um, now, we, we, you know, you look at your children, especially being alcoholic, and you think about, it, you wonder, did I pass this on to them? Yeah. Um, you know, because there's nothing you can do about it. I, I could talk to them, tell them blue in their face, and, it, and the only thing is, is to keep them and their life from ever taking that first drink. Um, but is that even possible? Is that even right? Uh, you know, as much as I want to protect them. Uh, you know, you just got to be involved as, you know, I'm not a helicopter parent, but given the chance I would be, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it, but it's, it, it, it does scare me. And then sometimes it does keep me up at night. You know, when I'm thinking about it, you know, what's going to happen when my son discovers alcohol and uh, you know, my, my disease really didn't, I was, you know, a heavy drinker, uh, in my twenties, but not mm. to the point where I was morning drinking and everything else. When I would go out, I would go out. Um, but I could yeah. go to work the next day. Um, and, and people would jokingly, my friends would jokingly call me an alcoholic because of the amount that I would consume in one evening, but it yeah. didn't rule my life yet. My, my disease didn't progress, uh, until I was in my thirties. Yep. I was, I'm sorry, late, late twenties, late twenties, early thirties. Yeah, um, is when I started getting like DUIs and morning drinks and drinking all the time. So, uh, you know, that's that's just that's going to be his journey. I just got to make sure that he is educated. Uh, you know, when I when I tell him that, that, you know, daddy's an alcoholic, they don't understand that. Uh, but, you know, my daughter yeah. says I, I, I tease them and say, I'm, I'm going to go drink alcohol. And they're like, that's going to make you crazy. You know, they they because, you know, here in the Philippines, drinking is like a. Um, a national pastime, uh, you know, it's, <laughs> it, it really is. Uh, and that's the, and that's the funny thing is in my active days, I couldn't get a free drink to save my life. Now I turned down to the day, you know? <laughs> yeah. And that's, yeah, I, that's, yeah. And that's a, that's a wonderful thing. So I've got a, a quick question just maybe towards, uh, towards a wrap is, so what's life like now? I mean, you're nine years in what, what's life in the sunshine like? And, and I use that term to say in sobriety, so, you know, you, you put the time in, you work hard at sobriety. I mean, what, what's life like now? Well, I can wrap it up real quick with, uh, you know, let me put it this way. Um, I used to be homeless. I used to be, you know, uh, I, I was literally living on the street in a foreign country, but yesterday I, 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 how can I put this? You might have to cut some of this out, but no, that's fine. Because I, I, that, that's a good question, and I and I want to I want to make an impact statement on that. Yesterday, I put a deposit down on a second property, so that's what sobriety is like. Um, I remember that when you know, 
I, going to those first AA meetings, all I cared about was crying about me, everything I lost. You know, I wanted somebody to, to come back and give it all back to me. And they wouldn't. You know, even getting lunch money in an AA meeting is difficult because they're not going to give a drunk a couple dollars. They know what you're going to do with it, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I, I there, there were so many times when I was I was teetering on being a, I was evicted. Actually, I was evicted from my apartment, you know, back in the day. But basically, I don't have to worry anymore. If I'm if I'm sick now, if I if I don't feel well, I know it's because I got a bug. It's not because I'm hungover, you know. The people, the people at my job, if I call in and say, "Hey guys, I can't make it in today," or "I'm running late," it's they 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 don't right away say, "Oh, he's drunk, he's hungover, um, you know, he's irresponsible." They trust me. They say, "Wow, are you are you okay? Do you need some medicine? What can we do to help you?" Um, that's how I live my life today. Uh, people trust me uh, <laughs> with with more more so than than anyone ever would have 15 years ago. Dude, uh, that's I, fucking great, man. I don't I mean, have to worry about going to jail anymore. I don't have to worry about... I have money in my pocket, you know? Um, you know, and my, uh, like I said, my kids have never seen me drunk. And they, uh, you know, God willing, they never will. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's, that's what my journey... My journey is like alcohol, I, and I always say this: alcohol is just not a part of my life. I don't even think about it. I don't, I don't think, I don't get up every day and think, "Hey, I'm nine years sober." I, right. I just, I got to the point where I just don't even think about it anymore. It's just, it's just not a part of my life. If somebody offers me a drink, I don't even think about it. I just, oh, no thanks, and I keep, keep right on going. If they're persistent, then of course I do explain. I don't, I don't drink alcohol. You know. Um, and they'll say, why? I say, because you don't even have enough for me to get started. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. 